Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Sorry for the slow release schedule, but, uh, well, sort of a pause in the front lines together with me being interviewed for various other other podcasts. Uh, yeah, I'll be on John Michael Godier's The Event Horizon for a very... If you listen to that show, you know that he's doing science and futurism, but we talked about the impact of um, of, of war to, towards the sciences and censorship in Russia and situation in, in Ukraine and all that stuff in a weirdly political episode of his, which, which happened because I was contacted by some people in the Russian Academy of Sciences, which taught told me about their own issues, about the whole war and situation, everything, but as it was purely academical, I didn't think it was good enough to put on the show, and I thought, you know, our, our audiences are mostly military fans and uh, military and political fans and everything like that, and people were more of a Dan Carlin, you know, audience, rather than a hardcore STEM audience. At least, you'll know, although we have a lot of STEM people here, obviously, as well, but as I had a message that needed to be delivered for a mostly academical audience, because, you know, I know that A.V. Loeb and other respectable scientists listen to John's show, well, I went over there and then we had a conversation, which was unusually political for that. But that's coming out soon, and uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. Although, as that's mostly for YouTube, we had to, we had to censor some stuff out, which is funny because this is the first time when, uh, when I spoke about... Putin's participation in various shamanistic practices together with Shoigu, such as drinking deer blood from from like the deer horns, and the fact that in Argentina they discovered like back in 2018, I think, those 20 tons of cocaine to be delivered to Europe. Yeah, both of those things apparently have to be censored for YouTube. So it's going to be bleeps all over the place, but yeah, that that's coming uh, out also. And then I'm going to talk to... To my friend Daniele Bolelli as well soon about um, about the whole war experience on his Drunken Taoist podcast. But so far, you know, it's been a kind of a bloodline mess. It's a bloody mess, really. There have been very vicious, short, tactical battles happening constantly, but nothing much is going on in the front because of the operational pause. But then again, you know, when I say nothing much is happening on the front, don't forget that I just um, 
I just use it in a matter of all all good on Eastern Front side. See, there are still people dying. There's uh, Ukrainian side being attacked by rockets and uh, with their energy infrastructure and their water infrastructure. So there's a lot of casualties. There's a lot of day-to-day fighting, especially around Bakhmut, with neither side gaining advantage. And people are dying every day. It's just that there is no major change in the front lines. There's no major movement around. So I, I guess that's a part of getting uh, used to this war, you know, because although the, each of these deaths that happen out there is a tragedy, well, they are sadly par for the course now. But that's about to change pretty soon, I think, because the Earth is the Earth is trying to gonna get frozen up, and the World Cup's about to end. Don't don't underplay that thing. I'm pretty sure a lot of people on the front lines are watching that as well. World Cup is a thing that well everywhere in the world except the United States apparently you just follow no matter what you do and I I do believe that part of this operational pause should definitely be attributed to that however this does not mean I don't have news for you because well some of them are clearly weirder than others for starters well the this is this is on the part of the you love of course news but um the Kherson Oblast occupational government uh, governor, Saldo, and it doesn't matter that they don't have Kherson anymore, it doesn't matter anything like that, he announced recently that um, Russia intends, together with the occupational administration, to build a new city there. Yeah, because in an area with, uh, with railway and, and, and logistics chains and everything, and uh, I posted this on Twitter and I had a nice little response from someone who said, you know, we'll build our own Kherson with hookers and blackjack and stuff like that. It's just obviously stupid, but I guess they do this because of um, because of how Russia works. Also in the news is that, well, if you watch uh, Perun, who, who's also really busy, I'm trying to reach him with my emails, and please poke him in YouTube comments because uh, he's the one Australian I really want to talk to. Um, he recently made an episode about Franjo. The phenomenon that everyone on this show already know about, about the consistent lying. And we have evidence about the happenings of that recently since, you know, they're they're building this defensive line, Russians. Which, by the way, Igor Girkin, who was returned from the front lines, deems as completely inefficient and a way how to lose the war very quickly. But no matter what, they're building this. And they're building these, like, defensive fortifications, but they're not really very good. Because in this whole Rasputitsa, where... Um, where, you know, it's hard to get proper soil, we have documented evidence that, at least in the few cases, the local Russian soldiers who were building this so-called defensive line, yeah, they just packed the, the sandbags with snow and photoed them and just passed them on as, yeah, sure, we have some defensive measures on the spot. Now, obviously, um, anything packed with snow will not protect you one bit from any shrapnel or grenade, but, but that's happening. I mean... I remember that I told you about the whole weird event with um, the guys shooting other people, you know, in the bar, in the Kherson, before this. But yeah, it's Pakazucha. Pakazucha or Potemkin's village replacement or anything like that. This is happening extensively. At the same time, there have been strikes against Wagner Group and, and against their fortified positions and, and Wagner Group's experiencing casualties. And lately, apparently, uh, this has happened because Prigozhin's own son 
has posted their uh, the, their locations on TikTok because he also wants to show off. So, I I don't I don't even know. I think there is some sort of apathy there on the Russian side, because apparently, according to latest reports, even Putin had to come out and um, state that a lot of Russian elected clerks and officials should probably cut down on the booze, since well, alcoholism has reached massive widespread levels among the Russian administration, which is also another fun and interesting consequence of this whole war. But this whole Prigozhin activity just marks one interesting thing that a lot of commentators have been being active about, and I'll get to this because I have a special section for our Don Don buddy Ramzan Kadyrov here. See, I'm a political scientist uh, by my education as well. You know, I took Western philosophy with special specialization in uh, political political philosophy. That's that's one of my master's degrees, and um, and yeah, one of the things, one of the more influential philosophers that talk about what what the state is and what a government is is Max Weber, and he always stated that the number one issue that the state has is the control of of state monopoly on violence, legitimate violence. As as much as we like it or don't like it, it's it's the way it is. I mean, you have to enforce the laws, you have to enforce the collective collective uh, deal theory and everything. It's a complex issue, but um, the state monopoly on violence, which admittedly is under under the hood of every government, yeah, has been being destroyed in Russia by a long time. And uh, as an example, you know, I've been talking about Russia being maybe split apart and, and stopped, exi- stopped existing after this war as a consequence of this war. But if we look at the uh, institutions of the Russian government, it's been outdone already. I mean... I, th- I think the marking point really was that horrible, horrible, um, illegal execution by Wagner troops with, uh, with the sledgehammer. And now such things are apparently more widespread and everything's happening like that. We recently got a report from a Wagner group um, escapee who wasn't a prisoner, who wasn't one of those recruited prisoners who was just in the Wagner group, who apparently was tortured by Wagner group because they had some leaks and someone talked to the journalists, and they found a guy to blame this on, and uh, he was put in the kishka, which is a, basically a well. It's a very short well, but you, you can't ne- neither kneel down nor sit down. Earth was thrown upon him. Uh, he was forced to face the uh, face a wall with his eyes like blindfolded, and a gun was blasted near his head. He was beaten. He was electrocuted. Uh, he was and he was all humiliated and tortured for a long time. Now he's back in Russia because he was kidnapped, and all the all the while it was because he apparently had um, well. So the guys thought in the Wagner group that he had spoken to journalists. I won't go into more details describing tortures here because you know after so many episodes about the war and more more historical episodes, I've gone into a lot of descriptions of torture. But um, yeah, they're just doing torture all over the place, and they're not even ashamed of it. They are just taking violence into, into their own hands. And even Girkin states that these private warfare groups and so-called national regiments are doing more harm than good in the long run. Because even Girkin now states that the whole war, if it's going as it is, is a bit of a danger of, existing, uh, of, of, of existence of Russia as a unified single government. But the thing that shocked me the most is what Ramzan Kadyrov did. Because, you know... We've been mentioning Ramzan Kadyrov for a while on this show and in his various weird random actions, but what Ramzan Kadyrov managed to do this time truly shows that uh, the monopoly on violence is gone in Russia and that it might as well slowly turn into some sort of um, 
group of warlords just fighting for power. Because Putin and his bunker, yeah, I don't even know how much of an authority he really is for the people who really, Nemistach, on the spot, would have some actual power. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You see, I'll start with the beginning here. Late on December the 11th, Chechen special forces raided the Republic's Urusmartan district, looking for eyewitnesses who had failed to intervene in a clash between two law enforcement officers the day before. The state-owned Chechen broadcaster Grozny reported that over 500 law enforcement troops had, quote-unquote, concentrated in Urusmartan. This was also confirmed by Idris Chernikov, head of the Chechen traffic police. The newly arrived troops were stopping drivers and checking their documents. According to the Chechen opposition telegram channel Nisio, around 20 people had been arrested by 4 a.m. on December the 12th. Nisio also claims that the troops had smashed the tinted windows in some vehicles. The raid was precipitated by a violent clash that took place on December the 10th between an Ursmartan traffic policeman and another law enforcement officer identified as a National Guard serviceman or possibly a member of its reserve. Baza reports that a National Guard officer drove up to the traffic policeman, drifting in front of him and trying to challenge him, quote-unquote, over some unresolved past issue. As the conflict escalated, he slapped the policeman's face. The latter, in turn, fired several shots into the ground. None of the, local pre- none of the locals present in the scene tried to intervene, writes Baza. According to the insider, however, some of the onlookers tried to defend the National Guard officer. The Telegram channel Nisio wrote that, the, that other National Guard troops soon arrived on the scene and drove off with the policeman in an unknown direction. The Chechen traffic police told Ria Novosti that locals, quote, responded aggressively to, to the Urusmartan traffic poli- police's insistence on enforcing the traffic rules, end quote, adding that the main culprits had been arrested on December the 10th. Now, this is weird, but this is normal because, again, this whole situation, this whole country, the failed state known as Russia, is coming apart as a house of cards. But, the day after the incident, Chechen's head, Ramzan Kadyrov, published a video addressing Urusmartan residents in Chechen about their behavior when gathered around the officers. According to a translation published by Grozny Inform, Kadyrov rebuked and threatened the residents with being sent to fight in Ukraine. Quote, All of you who took part in this, do you really want to squabble and fight? You'll have the, that opportunity. I'm giving an order to send members of the Chechen Special Forces to Martan tomorrow morning. You'll have a choice, either fight with them, or we'll send you to the Special Military Operations Zone. Prove that you really are men. Idris Chenigov, head of the Chechen Traffic Police, 
said that raids will continue in Urus-Martan until everyone who took part in that incident is caught and until they learn to respect the officers as well as the traffic rules. Now, this is special, special interesting since Ramzan Kadyrov constantly claims that, you know, all the Chechen troops are totally busy fighting all the time in the front lines in Ukraine, and that he personally is always there, and that, you know, it's that, that's why he didn't really participate in the mobilization effort, if you remember parts about that, where Chechnya was exempt from the mobilization, since Ramzan Kadyrov claimed that there's enough Chechens on the front lines of Ukraine already. Now, how is that if he has whole squadrons of special forces units just sent out there to horrify a peaceful city, a peaceful district? It's just nothing, and nothing's going to happen to him. And as far as I've talked to people about this whole situation, yeah, the, the Wagner group troops and the Chechens and everyone, they're, they're just acting as if they have like a blank check to do whatever they want. This isn't normal, and and this shouldn't be happening, but this is just some sort of warlord violence already happening and i thought you know the troubles as i call them would happen later but no 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 they're, they're happening right now as as i make this episode there is no centralized power anymore putin's not that much in control over anything apparently so this is a bit strange a bit scary yes but uh if you would look at russia and, and ask you know who has some power about some things there wouldn't be any single answer anymore and on another note, I've I've been talking to some very pro-Russian guys who always claim about the evil West that's going to come and destroy Russia and everything. But is this the Russia that people actually fight for? I mean, do you want Russia where, you know, someone can just be slaughtered with a sledgehammer and nothing's going to happen to the perpetrator? Or some sort of a local governor can just terrorize a whole district for things that he personally didn't like without any repercussions, without any due process? And... Zagrana threads, the, the guys who just shoot bubbles in the back and everything, that's still going on. I mean, any thoughts about Russia gathering stuff together and everything like that? This seems to evaporate by the moment. This is also the most interesting stuff that's happening right now because, again, on the Russian side, Girkin or other analysts really understand Ukrainian methods right now. But um, as far as we know, Ukrainians are getting a Patriot missile system, so... That's going to improve their air defense capabilities, which means that pretty soon, pretty soon we might actually see some more progress and action on the whole front and everything. All in all, yeah, this war has uh, taken a lot from me, but also it just shows some sort of a chronicle of how countries can devolve from inside. Because no matter, even if Russia wins this war, this just shows, in my opinion, and my opinion as an expert here, and I don't like to call myself an expert, but I'm among the most educated people in this matter. If you look at this, these whole events, the sledgehammer, the Wagner group, the Progozhin activities, and what Kadyrov is doing right now, just so seems that no matter if Russia wins or loses, now it doesn't even matter if they, if they win, and what is a win for them anyways, the process of collapse has already started. And I'm not really sure if anyone can do anything to turn that bomb back again. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be updating you with more news as they come out. Thank you to all our patrons. And if you want to support the show, please become our patron on patreon.com slash border. One-time donations are appreciated. We're collecting because we're going to go back to Ukraine in January at some point, as soon as, you know, 
I get information that something interesting is going to happen there. So if you want to support the show that way, please go to the easternborder.lv and click the donate button. We're continuing on with our work as best as we can. So, das vidanje, tvariši. And as always, remember, happiness is mandatory. <laughs>